I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. LeBron wins number four. What about number five? Lakers are the favorite next year. Clippers close behind. Then a big drop to Milwaukee at 8-1. to one. And then they're back. Golden State, the fourth favorite. Devastating injury for Dak. Entering the week, the Cowboys were small favorites to win the NFC East. Now, Cowboys are small favorites to win the NFC East. Monday Night Football, Saints at home, favored by a touchdown. Michael Thomas out. Chargers money has been coming in all weekend. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Monday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation in studio. We got no time to mess around. We usually say we have two hours a show for an hour. Three hours today, Fez. No in doubt. studio, Steve Fezzik, handicapping champion. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. We're pros. He's a Joe, but he's the Joe. In L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a ton of news and notes and finals and a game coming up in the NFL, we've got a brand new champion in the NBA. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? Yeah, listen, I'm not a LeBron guy, but you got to give it the due where it's deserved. we got to start with the title. That's right. The Lakers close out the heat last night in the bubble in Orlando. 106-93 was the final. LeBron James named finals MVP for L.A. His fourth championship as they take care of the heat in six games. Okay, so where is this going to rank? What is going to be the takeaway? That's all that really matters. We'll talk about next season. But the question is, in 10 years, 20 years, how are we going to look back? I think the fact if this I think this was a more difficult title. So let's give credit where credit's due. One of the reasons I haven't been a LeBron guy, it feels like he's historically let the world happen to him. It's like the Jack Nicholson line in The Departed. Are you a product of your environment or do you affect your environment? LeBron typically has been affected, it seems, by his environment more than MJ. And that is the conversation, MJ and LeBron, when we talk history. Here, it was a situation where, as Colin Cowherd right here in FSR talks about, most of the veteran teams struggled. There was something about the bubble that made it tough on veteran teams. LeBron, Lakers, veteran team. He willed that team to keep their focus. you got to give him credit for that. So in a weird way... This is a title I don't think LeBron wins even six or seven years ago, meaning you take LeBron from six or seven years ago when he was in the big three with the Heat, put him on this Lakers team, 
Physically better, maybe some, though, again, he's been amazing with his longevity. But mentally, uh, the, the guy who allowed the Dallas Mavs to beat him is not the guy we saw throughout this bubble. And don't forget, this was a situation, and let's give Colin the negative. He said this Laker team can't win a title, which is built in a way they can't win a title. And imagine, close your eyes unless you're driving and think, if I was coming on today saying, Clippers win the title, you know, a lot of skeptics, regular season doesn't really matter. They came together in the bubble. They had the best players. Kawhi does it again. Would anyone have been shocked, Fez? No, not at all. Could have easily happened. Or we could say... Guy nice Antitoko Umpo. Finally makes his statement on the biggest stage. Best team during the regular season last two years wins it all. Lakers, they were amongst the big three teams the entire year. But Fez, you had Milwaukee at three to one. Lakers at various times, you could have gotten what, five to one, right? Yeah, the Lakers were leaking oil and slipping. They had that one nice run right before we went on break, if you recall, with a couple big wins. So we didn't go on. You went on break. We did it. The NBA did, but go ahead. Fair enough. So the the feeling was that the Lakers were the small guy of the big three. And like you mentioned, they Milwaukee historically good points per, per game differential and the Clippers coming together. I didn't know many guys had more talent. Yeah, I don't know many wise guys that were saying that were on the Lakers just because they just didn't have anybody after the big two. And Jonas, at the beginning of the bubble, those eight games, what I refuse to call the seeding games, we were questioning the Lakers' inability to shoot, what's going on with this team. LeBron made a cryptic comment about the bubble. Got to give him credit. Yeah, no, give him credit for sure. And and I also think we were also talking about Avery Bradley and the loss of Avery Bradley and how that was going to impact them. I just, I wanted to see that matchup against the Clippers. It's not the Lakers' fault, but that's why for me, this doesn't feel as accomplished as it would be because I really wanted to see that matchup against LA and Kawhi Leonard. On the basketball court, I agree with you. I think this was one of those, the skill set it took was more as a chess master, a guy moving the pieces. And in a way, and I don't want to take away from the Lakers GM, but it's almost like LeBron's half a GM at this point. Mm. And he still, though, it's not like Bill Russell, player coach. LeBron's still, what, maybe the best player in the NBA? I mean, Fez, if you were starting a team for one year, who do you start with? Giannis, but it's close. Really? It's real close. Well, maybe with Giannis, I see the point. But let's say it this way. Let's say we're drafting 30 teams. There's 30 other GMs. So it's going to be Giannis plus a normal team. Meaning Giannis on an all-star team, I think, is maybe the most valuable player because he's got the other players to help him where his deficiencies are. But if your best player can't get a bucket late in a playoff game, how is he the number one pick? Yeah, it's it, that's a really good point because... And it's the debate with Giannis in general. Yeah, and they beat the heck out of teams during the regular season by 15, but then when it's close in the playoffs, who do they go to? And well, no, well, the Giannis they, wall gets built and there's no one else to go to then. We are straight out of Vegas at Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bow. Okay, I think if the NFL wasn't going on if somehow some way 
COVID happened, Fez's break, and then the NBA resumed. And if they were able to, and this was impossible, but if they were able to play the playoffs before the NFL started, this story would be not double as big. At least the coverage of it would be triple four times, Jonas, you think? Oh, easy. Yeah, 100%. No doubt about it. That's all we'd be talking about. Yeah, and that just goes to show you the power that the NFL has on this country and whatever the reasons are for why people care about the NFL more than they care about the NBA, and there's a lot of them that are thrown out there. It's just, it's a fact. You look at the numbers, and even a, a an NFL game, that's why I, if it would have gone to seven games, I would have loved to have seen how the ratings would have looked for a seventh game of the finals against Titans-Bills on a Tuesday night. Ooh, now that's fascinating. So to bring it together, kudos to LeBron. It's number four. If he has two more, he'll match MJ. Speaking of that, Fez, we got the odds. Lakers are the favorite next year. Hundred dollars wins you three seventy-five. So almost four to one. Clippers are next four fifty. Now a big drop off. If you look at Milwaukee's point differential, which is the major of how good teams are in the regular season. Over the last two years, they're the best team ever, ever, to go two years that good and not even make a finals. The market is saying we're skeptical. They're third, but... Eight to one. So you make over double the money betting on Giannis than LeBron. Yes. Your number one pick, Giannis. Yes. (laughs) All right, so the market disagrees with you. And then, as I said in the headlines, they're back. Golden State. Nine to one. Nine to one. Ooh. It's gonna be a good season. Now I'm here in March, so before it even resumes. We'll see, but kudos to LeBron. Now unfortunately we gotta turn to Dak and, and that injury. Yeah, and it was terrible news out of Dallas yesterday. The Cowboys, the good news first, they did beat the New York Giants. They survived to win that game in Dallas, but it was the loss of Dak Prescott suffering a gruesome injury, dislocated ankle, uh, and a fracture. He went into surgery uh, last night. He is back home recovering, but clearly Dak Prescott out for the year for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, to finish up on that NBA NBA. Um, Sunday night football type. So game six last night, 5.6 million viewers for the NBA. Final closeout game, 5.6. Sunday night football against a Minnesota team. I mean, you know, Russell is Russell. Over double, 11.4 million. So Sunday night football, double the viewership as the NBA. That's shocking. Is it shocking? Or it, it doesn't surprise you, but boy, it's a statement. The margin is what's shocking to me. Well, with the spread, you should be good at those margins. Yeah, right. I mean, you like the Bengals, though. How you feel? <laughs> How'd your picks do? Four and three. Four and three with all the losers you fed me? I'm going to double check the accounting <laughs> on that. <laughs> so, listen, obviously, and the contract to me isn't the story the guy is making 30 some million this year. I get it. You'd want generational, multi-generational wealth. But to me, it doesn't. I know we always debate about, well, this. Every time I call a game, you call it a business. And every time I call it a business, you call it a game. You look at Dak, and I, you know, sometimes I like Dak, sometimes I'm not so crazy about him. I mean, he cares, you know. A Michael Lombardi friend of the show was talking about, how tough when he went down and you know broke his ankle 
that he wasn't, you know, Dak's a tough dude, you know, and I'm not one to judge NFL players how tough they are because I can't even speak to that. When you hear a guy, you know, decades in the league talking about it, he's tough. The money, he, you know, if he had the big contract, would we be uh, mourning this any less? Would we say, oh, at least he's got the big contract? To me, the question is, is he going to get back to 100%? Because I would make the case Bridgewater hasn't. And I'm no doctor. I'm not judging the injury type. I mean, Jonas, do you have any sense of any comparables on this injury? I thought Gordon Hayward, NBA. Uh, but That took like you, two years. Yeah, and, and you know, there, there's a lot of people who think, well, you know, he's still maybe not even the same player as he was. Now, mm. you know, in the NBA, maybe it's a bigger deal because, you know, it is a constantly running, pounding your, your feet, cutting and, and driving. Um, I wonder what this does to his mobility, which was always an X factor for Dak. Yeah, he's a physical, his physicality as yeah. a quarterback for Dak's been key. Yeah, and I think that saved him in a lot of places. I think it saved him in games this year to where, you know, they were able to get back into games because, and you've talked about this, you know, you get to a playoff game, everything's on the line. Quarterbacks are more likely to run because it's desperation time. Now I wonder what this does to his desperation when those moments arise. And remember we said, oh, Clippers could have won the title in the NBA. Milwaukee could have won the title. You never know. I mean, there's something about if they always say the fact that we're mortal, the fact that we eventually as human beings die is the only thing that allows you to appreciate time. Because if you had unlimited time, oh, you wasted a year banging around the village, wasted a year, I don't know, being Fez's gopher, and then he stiffs you at the end. Well, not that you would do that. <laughs> what? But, <laughs> that'd be like no big deal. I have infinite time. And we don't, obviously. And then if you think about it, it's so much of a long shot to be great, to be great at anything. And you know what? As soon as you're great, take a picture, take a breath, because at least the way this world seems to be, soon enough, you're going to be thinking about how it was. And if it's age, Tom Brady, greatness, is he great now? I'm not sure. Is Dak ever going to be great again? I hope so. But it's fleeting. At the end of Patton, when Patton won it all, <laughs> not the Super Bowl, WW2, <laughs> it was the, uh, the very story at the end, the slave whispering in the emperor's ear, glory is fleeting. And it's the way of humanity, but it still makes us sad because even though we're not Dak, we're not that person at the height we're living through him. He's a human being like we are. And there's something joyous about that. And there's something sad but realistic about how short and fleeting it is. Real quick, Fez, NFC East, what a division. You lose one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL and your odds hardly change. Yeah, so Dallas is now minus 110 to win the division. What is going on here? How can they still be favored? So they were minus 120. So literally the smidgiest smidge down for losing Dak, certainly for the year. Yes. and what I don't get that. Here, I get Philly lost the game, but why? So Philly lost, but they were expected to lose. Dallas won. So Dallas picks and up. was a, expected to win. Right. So they pick up like an extra half game. How much is the injury to Dak worth? Well, I've got a three-point downgrade to Andy Dalton. Jeez, that's not enough. Three-point down. So 
what would Dak be? All right, so, uh, well, let's do this. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll finish debating. Is Dak only worth three points? Then talk about Dan Quinn and the other big stories from the NFL Sunday. That's coming up next. R.J. Bell, I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look at what the Dallas Cowboys actually are without Dak Prescott. And why and how are the Cowboys still favored to win the NFC East? We'll break it down. I think there might be value on Dallas. Great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We promise to keep working for the best football season yet. You can listen on 225 of those radio stations, coast to coast. Just go to foxsportsradio.com if you don't know your station. You can hunt for it, or you can listen there streaming right here in Las Vegas on the Strip. 90 degrees, the neon is chugging. So, RJ, before we get back into the conversation on Dak Prescott, we do want to tell everybody about the Breeders' Cup here on Straight Out of Vegas. On November 6th and 7th, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races worth $31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more about the Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. The Dallas Cowboys lose their starting quarterback, Dak Prescott, a devastating injury. Andy Dalton steps in. Dallas beats the Giants yesterday, RJ, so it begs the question, what now for the Cowboys in the NFC East? So two and three for me and the team on the Super Contest. Ah, Fez, you done betting the Bengals? Or more importantly, are you done betting against the Baltimore Ravens? <laughs> when they're a big favorite, I'm tired of stepping in front of them. Yes. I mean, they've been covering by over 14 points a game against these teams. And you're like, uh, get, no, not winning by 14, covering by 14. <laughs> you're like, give me 12. I, I think Burrow's good. I should, you know, I wonder if you go back and look at your Bengals. I mean, you grew up near Dayton or in Dayton, near Cincinnati, I wonder what your opinion on the Bengals. When you're pro-Bengals, I think you're like 22%. <laughs> sure feels that way. I mean, seriously. Ryan Finley last year? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, no, no, no. Anyway, one of my picks was the Giants. So I thought the D-line or the O-line issues for Dallas were going to be significant. Obviously, Dak getting hurt affected the game. The question is, how good is Dak? How good is Andy Dalton? Now, Faz, I give you credit. I agree with your numbers here on Dak. So you've got four quarterbacks better than Dak entering you know, pre-injury. Two of them only a half point better, Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers this year is more than that, but you're saying limited number of games. You're still a little skeptical that this is the truth. Exactly. If he keeps playing this way, we'll, we'll keep upgrading him. Then the second-best quarterback, Russell Wilson, is a point and a half better. And then Mahomes is three better. Think about this. Other than Mahomes, other than Russell Wilson, Dak is better than almost every quarterback. And only two, Lamar Jackson, reigning MVP, and Aaron Rodgers, one of the all-time greats, are just a smidge above him. So big loss for Dallas. But somehow they're still the favorite. 
in the NFC East. They're minus 110. Philly is... Plus 120. Plus 120. So you got to lay a little with Dallas. You take a little back with Philly. And the reason is, as Colin would say, the red rifle. Oh, wait, the red water pistol. <laughs> Andy Dalton. How good is Andy Dalton as a backup? Andy Dalton is the best backup in the NFL. He's the tallest man amongst the small people. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> So you're saying, I remember you saying, what, he'd be 28th, 1 to 32. So there's like four or five quarterbacks that start he's better than. Yes. Okay. Don't talk about Sam Darnold like that. I mean, on this <laughs> network, there might be a problem. <laughs> and amongst the backups, give me that list of the top backups. Behind Dalton, Winston, Brissett, Trubisky. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, boy, Winston, Tra- Jonas, would you rather have Dalton right now if you're the Cowboys, Winston or Brissett? Jameis Winston. Yeah, he'd fit right in. Oh, could you imagine that circus? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that would be glory. <laughs> They'd be talked about even more. Let's give Dallas credit, though. Getting Andy Dalton at the time felt like leverage on the contract negotiation, but the reality is they have a terrible backup. They're done. So, like, for example, if you go from Mahomes to his backup, Henny, you're looking at nine points. Yes. From Dak to Andy Dalton is three points. So here's a little bit of math, but it's not really. If you think about Andy Dalton being minus three points versus Dak, and there's, what, 11 more games? There are. So 33 points, that ends up being just about one win out of the 11, Fez. Yes. So... Jonas, as much as, you know, Dak, at a personal level, this is tough, tragic. At a team level, Dallas is supposed to win one less game in the next 11 with Andy Dalton than with Dak. Just one game difference. That's one missed field goal at the end, Fez. It's, it's kind of surprising but I guess it shows you how important backup quarterbacks are. Yeah, and I'll bet if you actually just took somebody who didn't do the numbers and didn't do the research and you just said, by the way, the difference between Dak and Andy Dalton is going to be one win the rest of the season, they would think you're crazy until you break it down per game and you actually look at what it means in the long run. And I think a lot of people would be caught off guard by that. Listen, we make fun of Fez's abacus, <laughs> but but I mean, listen, it, it comes in handy at some points. Right, Fez? <laughs> I rely on it. <laughs> Abacus is date back thousands of years into at least the Greek culture. I'm kudos. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. Dan Quinn, Atlanta. Jonas, big shift. Yeah, another loss yesterday for the Atlanta Falcons to the Carolina Panthers. They are winless on the season, and after six seasons as head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn was fired as well as general manager Thomas Dimitrov. And you think about it, just go back in time. What was it, 28 to 3? Atlanta, New England? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just stop and say, okay, you lose this game, buddy. And then people forget Philadelphia won the Super Bowl the next year. Atlanta was a three point favorite in Philly, division round. And had the ball first and goal with on the nine to win the game late. And Fez, I remember you saying at the time they were Atlanta was favored. Yeah, 
Like a big fair, like minus 180. Who knows? If they win that, you know, win that game, they're two games away. Didn't make the playoffs since. And he's fired. And it goes to show you, we can act like LeBron winning was a foregone conclusion, but it wasn't. They could, he could have lost game six. He could have lost game seven. And we always kind of scoff at, oh, why do you take a knee instead of just running the ball? All these things that are 99 to one shots, they happen. And to me, when you go back and write the history of the NFL, I mean, I'm just proposing this. But could there be a more, I don't want to say tragic, because he's making millions of dollars along the way. But once you win a Super Bowl, you're, you're in the club. You're in that club forever. It doesn't matter if you're the worst Super Bowl coach ever to win. You still got that ring. You're still in that club. And you don't. he probably doesn't get fired here, you know? And maybe he does, but he gets another job really quick. I'm not sure, you know, will Dan Quinn ever coach as a head coach in the NFL again? I'd probably bet no. That's a great prop bet. Yeah, I'd bet no right now. I mean, just the insiders I listen to, they're like, he runs the Seattle, or he was part of that Seattle defense, and the modern NFL is moving away from that. I don't know. I know that the team got better last year when he quit calling the, you know, quit being the DC. So what, are you going to hire him as a DC? <laughs> right? I don't know. Jonas, what do you think? Well, I think that Super Bowl, if you go back to it, and what do they call it, the butterfly effect, how so many different things are changed because of that. I mean, if New England continues to get blown out in that Super Bowl, is that the end of Tom Brady? Um, if, if we talk about Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, because of that loss, probably isn't a Hall of Famer now. You can make the argument he would be a Hall of Fame quarterback with that Super Bowl win and an MVP and instead, the whole conversation about Matt Ryan now is, I mean, how close is the end for Matt Ryan? Because he has not looked good at all. No doubt. I think that you could make the case that age is catching up to Matt Ryan. I mean, to some degree, there was talk of that even, you know, when Shanahan, the year before Shanahan. You know, remember now, some quarterbacks who don't have the physical skills, or at least they just have enough of those physical skills, they can be, you know, start aging in their late 20s because even if they just lost a little bit, that little bit is too much. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, Matt Ryan puts up a lot of yards. He hasn't won a lot of games. So, uh, Dan Quinn, if you look at his career uh, with Atlanta, if you count the playoffs against the spread, 39 and 48, so 45%, so underperformed against the spread. In the regular season, 43 winners, 42 losers, straight up now, 51%. Maybe he went to the coach and said, listen, I want to keep my winning record. We're in trouble next week. Now's the time. And I think you brought up a great point that Quinn's best performance the second half of last year when Atlanta finished 6-2 and two was after Quinn essentially fired himself from calling the defense. We're straight out of Vegas. We'll talk about something about the Steelers. That hasn't happened since Terry Bradshaw was quarterback. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. I was shocked when I heard this. Pittsburgh Steelers, 4-0, first time since 1979. So all of those great teams, and remember, Cowher had, you know, made the Super Bowl in 95 with them. 
They had some between 95 and now 25 years. Pittsburgh has as many wins as anyone but New England. I'm guessing, and right up there, a minimum. And four and zero. I mean, that's nice, but that's not crazy. Even if you're flipping coins, you're going to go one, one out of 16 times, Fez. And Pittsburgh was not flipping coins. And that's 32 years, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so what do you think of the Steeler team? Steelers have potential. You want me to tell you what to think about them? No. Here's what I think about it. <laughs> really? Go ahead. <laughs> the, the defense has the potential to be elite, obviously. Big Ben has been pretty much an average quarterback. B.S. 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 Are you confused what that acronym means? <laughs> yeah. Okay. B.S. Bullsh. Yes. And you know why? Because the trend line for Big Ben is so upwards. The guy didn't play for a year. I mean, he played a game and a half over, what, 20 months in his late 30s? And maybe there's a little rust. How was he in game four? How was he yesterday, Faz? Oh, you actually got my number. Oh, okay. How was he? We're waiting for you. All right. I'm looking it up here. He He doesn't seem so sure, does he? (laughs) QBR was really solid at 84. Oh, really solid. Really good. You mean world class? Yes. Okay. All right. Threw for seven yards per. I mean, yeah. All across the board. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Solid game. So, where did that go in your, hey, Big Ben's got some potential? Where's that in the analysis? Or are you just blending that into one of the four games? You don't think there's a trend line with Pittsburgh? There's a clear trend line. But you didn't see it until I cleared it up. And, and, he's, got a, and he's got a new target that he has great chemistry with that absolutely and struck ha- gold this past Sunday. And how was he uh, that target on week one? Non-existent, I so think. So, trend yeah. line. Yes. So, you want to thank me for clearing that up for you? Thank you. Okay. Joe, you see? I mean, <laughs> somehow Fez took his vitamins, was getting all chesty or something. I mean, oh, what man. do you think of Pittsburgh? Um, I, I think Pittsburgh, the same, has got a lot of potential. I'd like what? Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> well, I think here's my only question. The potential has been realized, buddy. The, I, the game yesterday – why was that game even close at any point? Philadelphia is a shell of itself. And well, first some... of all, Carson Wentz played his best game of the year. I mean, he still had a, a bad turnover. I just, I, I like Pittsburgh's well, people, defense people are, a don't, lot. No one's perfect, right? No, right. even Mahomes isn't. I mean, Wentz had what was Wentz's QBR? Eighty-one and a half. Pretty good, Jonas. Yeah, I just I look at Pittsburgh and I go, I think they're a playoff team. What? How deep what? they can go. What? How how deep they can go. But well, why just... don't we do a little bet on them making the playoffs? There's going to be. I'll, give three... you, I'll, I'll lay 130. <laughs> Who would, would you take Pittsburgh or Cleveland right now to go further? I'll take Pittsburgh. Okay. I would so leave... We'll let you ponder that one. Okay. It looks like I almost got him on the line for a bet. Okay. What's All interesting, right. those two teams play this coming week. And what's the line? Pittsburgh's laying three and a half. In Pittsburgh? Yes. Which means Pittsburgh is two points better? Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Jonas, the water's warm, <laughs> baby. Come on in. Since 1995, straight-up records, the Patriots have 313 wins. The Packers, 270. Steelers, 269. No other team within 19 wins. It's pretty good. There's some potential there, don't you think, guys? <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking they're going to do all right. I don't know. Let's see. I don't know about the Super Bowl, but I, I tell you, I, last thing I'll say about it, Pittsburgh, if Big Ben is what we saw yesterday, 
with the new weapons, the offense is what, Fez? Top eight, top ten, what we saw yesterday? Oh, absolutely. And the defense is top three, four? Yes. If you have the top ten defense or top ten offense and a top three defense, that's called Super Bowl. Yes. Monday Night Football, when we come back, Fez, you got a best bet or a prop? Best bet. A best bet. It's Saints, Chargers, best bet from Fez. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we have Monday Night Football coming up later on from New Orleans. It's at the Chargers at the Saints. And right now on pregame.com, New Orleans is a seven-point favorite. Yeah, money came in on the Chargers. Line was seven and a half. Money came in on the Chargers. I actually brought it down to six and a half, back to seven. If you look at the props, and you can kind of paint a picture of the game with the props, this is almost shocking. Herbert, the rookie, is supposed to have more passing yards than Drew Brees. 265, and Drew Brees is three yards less. So a smidge less, but still. Now, just a little comparison. Tyrod Taylor, who, let's feel bad for him for a second, took the needle trying to gut out a game And the doctor makes a mistake, reportedly, and now he loses his job. Not off an injury, off a doctor-caused injury. His Taylor had 40 yards less expected of him passing. So 225 the first game of the year. Herbert's 40 more yards per game. Whew! Herbert's playing really well, don't you think, Fez? Oh, absolutely. But you got a best bet on this game. And you're going the other way, under, under the total, which is 49 and a half. Yeah, so on the under, the Chargers have O-line problems. Now, they had these problems last week. Three starters out. Those three starters are going to be out again. The Chargers actually scored 24 points in the first half last week. But then so Austin, what does that mean? Then Austin, so the first half points are worth less? So then Austin Eckler, oh. their running back, their star running back, went down and in Austin the first half. Austin Eckler is a star. Austin Eckler's a really good running back. But you said star. Do you want to stick by that? I'll stick by that. Austin Eckler, he could walk in with two people, and the UPS driver and him, you'd have no idea. (laughs) You're right about that. But Joshua Kelly. But he's a star. Replacement level. Kim Kardashian. Backup. Eckler. So a big... A, a big downgrade at running back along with the O-line well, when you injuries. you lose a star, what do you think happens? So scoring down for the Chargers, and obviously we spoke about Michael Thomas. The expectation was that he had a good chance to play, and he's but, not going to play. That yeah. really hurts points also for But how, how much did the total go down because of that? I mean, you, this, we're not breaking news here. The with totals Michael. dropped from 52 down to 49 and a half. And how much is Michael Thomas worth? One and a half. Well, I'm just doing some simple math. It's gone down two and a half points. Yes, do you want to back this pick off? No. You want to call it, want to call it a lean for <laughs> no, everyone's sake? No, this is a pick. <laughs> All right, I'm going to – listen, I'm going to say Fez here. If you look at the – I think this is a macro play. This is a big-picture play under. Here's why. If you look at scoring, the entire year scoring has been up, up, up. Right, Week 2, 53 points, 52 points, 54 points. An average of 53 in Week 2 through 4. 50.8. So down – significantly. You might say, oh, that's a small amount. That's an aberration. 
Well, the total was 50.8, the average totals. So for the first time this entire year, the market has caught up to the overs and unders. Why do you think that is? I'll tell you at least one of the reasons. Penalties. Offensive holding. One of the real takeaways early in the year was, oh, they're not calling holding, and it's helping the offense so much. Well, holding calls were up 14% compared to the rest of the season. Now, think about this for a second. 2.3 per team per game, and before that, it was 1.6. So you take 1.6 and say, okay, there's seven tenths to go up. That's almost, if you just look at those numbers, a 50%. 50%. So for every holding call, for every two holding calls there were before, there's three now. Holding makes all the difference in totals. I don't love it, but I'll go with a lean on Fez under Monday Night Football. On November 6th and 7th, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races worth $31 million in purses and awards at, Bre- at the Breeders' Cup's World Championship. Learn more at Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. We are straight out of Vegas. If you missed any of the show, you can check out the podcast for a best bet at foxsportsradio.com. We're back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 